to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. My name is Pierce, as it usually is, and as I usually have with me, Ben and Zach are here uh, on a beautiful Thursday midday to talk about our disappointing uh, basketball game last night. Ben, how are you? Doing wonderful. Uh, oh, it's good. gorgeous here in Charlottesville. Yeah. 72 degrees right now. Going to get up around 80 Sunny, gorgeous. On fire. There's We're nothing I'd rather be doing than sitting in my <laughs> dorm room podcasting <laughs> uh, Virginia basketball right now. Well, I appreciate you taking uh, some time from your val- valuable lawn sitting <laughs> to stare at the computer screen. Uh, Zach, I already know how you're doing, but tell the people at home, how are you? It's too hot outside. First oh, of wow. All. Oh, my. it's like I'm sweating walking to class. Like it's, it's oh, getting my gross. God. oh, my goodness. Like I want to go like, no, 72, 72 is fine. But anything higher than that, I'm anyway. Uh, wow. I'm starting. I'm, off I'm, real I'm fine. Horrible. Take. No, I'm I'm <laughs> fine. It's what it is. You've you've everything been, is everything is doom. Everything is gloom. No one is. Some, some the sun. For those for those. <laughs> who aren't privy to our group chat uh mr carey was was in his feelies last night ladies and gentlemen oh my god he, i wasn't in my feelies i was, he was in his feelings. <laughs> Liz, all right, all right we'll you guys write this. a 2000 word article about that game and then come talk to me we'll at the stage freaking hell if you're listening god. to this i'm sure you're aware that uh virginia dropped a really disappointing game on the road in Boston uh, to uh, the Boston College Eagles. And uh, it was a loss that I would say a, a lot of Virginia fans saw Oh, wait, coming. Pierce, we, we got we to gotta talk about it. We'll get to that. Oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> wow, it's not, Sorry. I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, the basketball team. Um, A lot of people thought this loss was coming because Virginia has made a habit in the past couple of weeks of shooting very poorly um and winning very very close games against very bad teams but Boston College not the best team in the conference but has had has been playing really well recently so going on the road and continuing such a terrible shooting performance spelled doom uh for the, the Cavaliers chances of uh, uh getting a road win and sure enough they continued to shoot very poorly and uh they got uh, their butts whooped <laughs> for lack of a more eloquent way of putting it and because of that because we want our who's to win uh we get upset when the who's don't win and particularly when they don't win by playing really poorly on both sides of the ball in the second half and uh just you know continuing these themes these these habits that we've seen recently I, you know looking at the schedule like you got to give it to the the defensive performance against duke right yeah. um so you know that counts as a an r8 game but that's sort of where, where the cracks started to show as far as the shooting woes and then louisville terrible performance um but one uh notre dame a, a two-point win where the irish had a, a wide open three at the buzzer um to to win it uh you know i would say terrible performance and then of course last night um outside of a all right defensive performance in the first half things really fell apart in the second half on both sides of the ball and uh yeah here we are three games remaining until the tournament in greensboro i think what we're all trying to avoid is uh uh you know a, a slope of more losses continuing into yet another poor 
uh, result in the national tournament. But we'll get into that and expectations, something we talked about last week. Let's talk about this game in particular, and then we'll get into some news that I know Zach wants to talk about as well. Some cheery news, some happy news. Um, but he's, you know, Zach, I'll start with you. I, I don't, I want to call you out and, and not not give you first at yeah. bat here. What 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 are our general takeaways? <laughs> yeah, um, the Boston College game. I think. Gosh, I mean it, it's. It's hard to look at this team over the last couple of weeks and not acknowledge that there has been a steep decline in quality of offensive play in particular. The defense has been fine. Like uh, these have been bad teams and all three teams have been around one point per possession, which is Mm. that's like, you know, perfectly respectable. Yeah. You probably want it to be, you want to shut these teams down a little bit more considering how bad they are, but that's not the massive problem. And that's probably if there are struggles there, it's more a result of some of the lineup combinations that the team is trying to benefit from offensively that just aren't working. Um, I think offensively, it's a combination of a lot of little things, but I think sort of the general takeaway after this three game stretch is that this team has sort of the, 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 early and mid-season benefit that this team had in the continuity of bringing everybody back and having time in Italy is starting to wear off or has has, has worn off. Like the, the reason UVA was able to beat Baylor, they play very well, obviously, but they also had played together for a good chunk of the summer. They brought their starting lineup back. Meanwhile, Baylor was bringing new pieces in and trying to incorporate Keontae George. They didn't have the one big man whose name is escaping me, but then will remind us um, teams were putting things together in November and December and January. Other teams have put it together. UVA had it put together coming into the season and now everybody else is catching up and we're seeing what this team looks like at its best, quote unquote, compared to everybody else at its best. I'm not saying that they're at their best. I'm just saying that other teams have caught up to the continuity and we, the familiarity. You just that said this that team... this was this team at its best right now, which, I'm not saying it's at its best. I'm saying it's like, this is the team. Everyone else is getting closer to their Uh final form. UVA is still in its final form and has been in its final form for months. Does that make sense? Uh, Sure. I just disagree. Okay. It's not. We're allowed to disagree. I hear you. (laughs) I will will extend this point farther into my analysis. All right. Um, The offense being bad. Shots just haven't been falling. Shots haven't been falling as much as they need to. The yeah, offensive system sense. has also been the offensive system has also been figured out. Right? This okay. triangle offense, going small ball, what we talk, talked about being this like boon of an adjustment from Tony Bennett, which it was. Like and he, the staff deserves credit from that. What it was for that like eight-ish game stretch before these last three, eight, nine games, it was very it worked very well. Teams have figured out to play up Ben Vanderplas in the triangle offense. That's what I wanted they to figured ask. Out, what, yeah, what, yeah. Are they, what are teams doing to, to simmy this offense? Yeah. So, right. In that short term, they're saying, we're going to let Ben Vanderplas shoot shoot the three ball. And in the last, including the Virginia Tech game, so what, however many that is, like five or six games, he's five for 23 from three. Right? That's low 20s and, in, in, you know, percentage-wise. 
So what that means is that the driving lanes that Reese and Kihei had to the baseline are no longer there. The Armand Franklin space on the inside to operate is no longer there. The Jane Gardner 1v1 getting that mismatch in the pick and roll or sort of in the off-ball picking game, no longer there. Mm -hmm. The, you know, open threes on the wings because the guards on the wings are having to, the defenders on the wings are having to slouch in to help on the inside because the center is up to Vanderplas. Those shots aren't there. And so it's all sort of, it's all sort of ebbing and flowing from this one decision that teams have started to make. They've started to realize that we need to focus on these guards. We need to stop these guards from scoring. And all due respect to Ben Vanderplas, he just hasn't been hitting at the rate that he needs to hit at to be able to punish teams for choosing to play off of him. Um, And so I think that's sort of the biggest thing. And I I really don't mean to harp on BVP too hard here. It's just sort of like the player he is, is around a 32% three point shooter on some decent volume. That's fine. Like, that's perfectly it's not amazing but like you can live with that if he's taking three to four attempts per game and some games he makes two and some games he makes one and then you figure out the averages from there Um, yeah yeah i see all that but i also see a lot of guys not named vanderplus a lot of guys who aren't named after the coach missing wide open shots too right and I think that you're also seeing some of this regression from guys like Reese Beekman. You're seeing, right. I think Ben talked about this in the Notre Dame podcast. It was a great point. Shots that were falling at the beginning of the year, something aren't falling anymore. Right. And, yeah. and I think that like, it's a question of like, Oh, is it the offensive system? What is it? What's going on? Like and some of the answers like, yeah, it's the offensive system. Some, some of it is like Tony Bennett needs to adjust. Tony Bennett needs to run more sides, get Kane Shedrick involved. So they have a true big man who can finish down low when Reese Beekman creates space and Kia Carr creates space so they have a guy in the dunker spot to dump it off to. Um, it's trying to be probably a little bit more creative with the guards that you have and the value that you have in the backcourt and making those guys be more decision makers rather than running this inside motion offense that is pretty simplistic and that if you don't have the pieces that are going to exploit defenses for playing off of you, you're not going to be able to actually win. They were hitting shots. They were exploiting defenses and taking advantage of the shots available in that sort of eight game stretch, they're not anymore. And teams are realizing who they have to play off of and how they can benefit from that. And guys are just not playing well. Like, I do think that that's an element of it too. That's hard to analyze and hard to sort of like pinpoint, but like guys just aren't doing what they need to do to some degree. All right. Does that feel good? (laughs) No. Okay. Oh, me? Oh, getting it off my chest. I'm, Listen, the last like 12 hours, and you could probably tell it like from just like uh, my brain has been goo since like writing that article. And anyway, so yeah. All right, let's let Ben talk. Or Zach. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> ben, yeah, jump, jump I, into it, whether it's, you know, the game in particular or this bigger picture stuff that you've seen gone wrong. You know, what's so frustrating about it is that like we all saw this coming uh, in. Yeah. In many ways, like in a short term sense, we all kind of saw this sort of letdown loss coming because they were lucky to not lose against Notre Dame. They were pretty lucky to not lose against Louisville. I mean, that's a game they probably come out on top in like anyway, because they had a lead down the stretch. But still, like they gave Louisville every chance to win that game. They gave Notre Dame every chance to win that game Mm -hmm. against Duke. Like as fun as it was to watch Duke get hosed, like (laughs) They had a shot going to the basket with one second left for a layup that would have won the game. And, like, that's something that usually ends in the basket more often than it doesn't. They've been playing with fire for way too long, and if you do that, you're eventually going to get burned. And Boston College hit some shots they don't normally hit last night. They had some tough finishes around the basket. Mm -hmm. They had 
a few threes from guys who aren't great three-point shooters. And then Virginia sort of caught the other end of that shot. This wonderful stat from Zach. Because um, we always talk about shooting as like this jump shooting thing. Finishing around the basket is also a skill. They were Very 8 22 at the rim last night. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. That's 36%. That, yeah. Like there are, there are a lot of teams in the country that shoot better from three than we did at the rim last night. And one of those shots is 20 feet away. One of them's two feet away. Uh, you got to do better than that. And so yeah. I think Virginia got hit with a bad shooting game against Boston College. And I think part of the loss was just that. They couldn't score. Uh, they were getting some clean looks and just not able to finish them. But at the same time, they weren't getting enough good shots. And they weren't dominating Boston College defensively the way that we saw them dominate Duke defensively, which kept them in a game where they couldn't make shots. And that defense is what has won them sort of these close games in the past, going back like, JMU, Florida State, when they put out these sort of stinker offensive performances against bad teams, they can lock up and hang their hat on the defensive end. And we didn't really see that at Boston College. Again, how much of that is just guys making shots is sort of up to you to decide. But yeah. at the same time, like this this one game is not a surprise yeah. in the grand scheme of things, too. Because at the beginning of the season, when we talked about this team, like they were returning basically the entire roster from a team that had just lost to St. Bonaventure in the NIT. And the coaching staff has made some good adjustments throughout the season. I think the shift to this triangle offense from Moober Blocker was really inspired sort of in the middle of the season when they were going through that first little offensive rut, getting stuck. And again, playing with fire, uh, not getting burned against bad teams, but ended up dropping some close games against Pitt, against Miami. And they figured out that they had to mix things up. And uh, inside triangle, like, worked for a while. And now it seems like teams are starting to catch up with it, which makes sense. It's not a particularly complex offense. It's just, like, there are many variations out of it. And what teams have figured out in these past few games is what Zach was getting at, that there's no big man that Virginia has that you have to respect on the perimeter at this point if Ben Vanderplas isn't hitting shots, which he hasn't been for a month. We all know he can heat up at any time. We've seen him, like, even in the course of a game, like, against Miami, he -hmm. had a bad first half and then came out and just nailed four threes in a row. He's a very streaky guy, and he has just been off for a month. And the problem is that I think Virginia is a little bit out of buttons to push. And we're seeing the same limitations that we saw last year on basically the same roster as last year. Like, the guys getting big minutes are – the same guys. You've basically switched from Jaden Gardner and Caden Shedrick to this lineup with Jaden Gardner and Ben Vanderplas, which is designed to give you that additional versatility of that shooter, uh, that guy who can space the floor. But if Vanderplas isn't hitting his shots, you still have the same spacing issues with that lineup that you did when you were rolling out Kihei, Armand, Reese, Shedrick, uh, Jaden Gardner last year. And it looks different. But the end results have started to be the same, which is concerning. And I think Zach hits on a good point, too, which is that this team had the Italy trip. This team had all this continuity. And I think they did kind of come into the season with a little bit of a leg up on everyone else in terms of preparation, in terms of game experience together, in terms of how familiar they were with just the ins and outs of college basketball. And, like, they took it to that Baylor team in Las Vegas, and that was a good win. At the same time, that Baylor team was relying heavily on Keontae George, who had played like five college basketball games at that point. And that inexperience kind of showed. They were down, as Zach was saying, Jonathan Chamwatwa. Ah, God, I can't say his name. 
Everyday John, uh, the power forward, their glue guy. Um, but like that was not a full strength team. That Illinois win, like a good win, that was a team still figuring out how to play without Kofi Coburn. Like a bunch of this team's most impressive victories have some sort of asterisk next to them. When they beat yeah. UNC, there was no Armando Baycott. And even with Armando Baycott, how good is UNC? They're probably not going to make the tournament. Like, it's just frustrating to see the same issues come back from last season. And I think this is why when we did our big preseason podcast a few months ago, we were a little hesitant about how high we thought this team's ceiling would be. I mean, yeah. none of us thought it would be top 10 in the AP poll, top 10 in the country. Right. And like, I think those concerns were legitimate and re- remain legitimate. And these performances recently are the exact opposite of what you want to see. Instead of like hitting your stride and getting ready for tournament time, it's almost like Virginia's falling behind while every other team is catching up. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Um, it, it is funny to look at the, you know, national perception of, of the team through the past few weeks. And obviously they've had the lofty ranking because they kept winning and other teams kept losing. Everyone's losing, right? Like, you know, Alabama, despite all its off court insanity and tragedy and terrible behavior um, by, by that, I mean, from the athletic department, um, you know, almost lost on the road against a terrible South Carolina team last night. And that's sort of them in Houston are bouncing around as like the de facto best teams in the country. Currently, they're going to both ruin brackets. So is Purdue, right? Like all these teams that, you know, Virginia was right below in, in conversation with have gone through their own. I mean, at some points, UConn looks like the best team in the country and then looks like the worst team in the Big East, you know, the next time out. So it's sort of the normal up and down craziness that we've seen from most of the top teams around. But like you said, I don't think we were ever going. This UVA team is the caliber of uh, the 2019 team. You know, they might have the cachet because of the recent success that that, the UVA teams have had, and they're not piling up losses. So obviously that's going to get you ranked. But we we saw that, you know, if they're they are very capable of not scoring. And when that happens, they can lose to anybody, which is sort of a familiar tone for us. So um, like you said, both of you guys said it's not all on Vanderplas not being able to um, hit those outside shots. I mean, if we take a look at the three guards, that's Beekman, Franklin, Clark, uh, against Boston College from three, a combined one for 10. Against Notre Dame from three, they are a combined five for 14. And against Louisville from three, they're combined two for seven. So none of that is a successful night <laughs> from your perimeter. Well, especially yeah. since those are the three guys that have been carrying this offense right, and this exactly. team throughout yeah. the season. I mean, in the last two games, Beekman and Franklin are 12 for 41 from the floor. That's 29%. Like Oof. that just, you, you can't win games like that, especially when, I mean, back two weeks ago on sort of like how UVA's front court would determine its potential, but like the backcourt determines its floor. And we thought that we knew that the floor was pretty high because you have these three experienced, talented, generally good shooting, good playmaking, good decision-making guards who now, I mean, Kihei deserves credit for the Notre Dame and Louisville games, despite playing not amazing. He still 
gutted it out and did so against Duke as well. But the other two guys and Kihei in this Boston College game, just like really nowhere. And it, it felt like it was last year all over again with this backcourt where shots weren't falling. They weren't generating good shots. They weren't really making good decisions. They only had nine turnovers last night, which is like fine. That's like a little bit over average for them. Um, but th- those are the guys that you need to carry them. Those yeah. are the guys that sort of like set the tone for this team. And there's no real throw it into the post option. And that's also a, a component of inside triangle not working. Like the reason that that they could run inside triangle in 2016 when they had Anthony Gill is that they could throw it into him sometimes. Yeah. You know, they, they could throw it into that guy and get a bucket. Gardner is, you know, really can only sort of do that against when, when he gets a smaller player on him, which is hard to sort of manipulate on a position to, or possession to possession um, basis. And so the guards just need to play better. And, and the guards need to, I think to some degree, Tony needs to put more on their plate. Even I think that they need to be going more spread ball screen. I think they need to sort of say, you guys are our team, Reese Beekman, you're a supposed, you know, potential NBA draft pick, which I think he will be at some point. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. No, sorry. I the supposed word that, that was teasing. yeah. Um but like go make the plays. Go make the plays yeah. that are gonna win it's these games. Prove that we're a top twenty-five team in the country. Prove oh. that we're one of the top teams in the ACC. Prove that we can beat up against these bad teams that we should be beating up on and that we can go and win in the tournament. They, you know, last night was the first night. I know Reese went through an injury and we saw a lot of like, okay, he's still, it's still bothering him a little bit. It's still bothering him a little bit or a lot of it. Right. Last night, I couldn't tell if it was like, maybe the hammy got tweaked or if he was just gassed, but it was the first time where it looked like he was just gassed at, you know, at one point. <laughs> and, and, you know, Kihei can get there too. I mean, Kihei plays so much. He's obviously used to it, but still that takes a toll on you. Um, I, you know, we've seen this happen to UVA teams where the star guys are gassed at the end of the year and then they lose to Michigan state, you know, <laughs> like, like the, the, I think of like that. It's not a great comparison because Joe Harris played this, you know, the Joe Harris game against Duke. Right. And then <laughs> fell apart and the next, you know, just couldn't have find a shot uh, in the, in March later that season um, in, in either tournament. Um, Right. You know, I'm just thinking of you know one, one anecdotal way, but that's what we want to avoid is that that these guys don't don't convert anymore, don't find their shots, don't don't show up and carry uh, the scoring load that they need to. Obviously, everyone knows this; they know this. The coaches know this. They've got you know a few regular season games left, and then and then it's go time. Yeah, I don't know how you fix yeah. it other than keep shooting your open shots and hopefully you find the rhythm right and and maybe a little bit of how you fix it is something they clearly tried to last night uh which is with isaac mcneely yeah i i think like it was good to see mcneely knock those two down in the second half when he had those who sort of like oh there's life and then he still finished two for seven um hard to rely on a guy that young in this sort of setting to sort of pull them out of it uh, if he had, it would have been awesome. I don't think that you can really. He was taking contested threes, like he he wasn't taking open shots. Mm-hmm. You know, the shots mm-hmm. he was taking were sort of like, I I'm either getting hot or we're losing this game. And so I <laughs> that's like, you know, it's the one card they had left to play. <laughs> right, so exactly. Like, yeah. And so, I, you know, I think the guards, like to some degree, you just got to be like, 
just take the onus and just say, okay, like th- this is our time. This is like Kihei's legacy is Kihei's legacy. Don't need to get into that debate right now. He's got a national championship, whatever. But like this season is is critical for those guys in terms of like, you know, how do we look back on these last two years? Was it just two years of sort of you didn't hit on the recruits, you know, back in, in those classes that are now upperclassmen. And so the transfer portal and sort of like the guys that, um, you piece together in the front court, like sort of contributed to not be enough where these guards stepped up and they helped, they, they got a share of the regular season ACC and they maybe went on a run in the ACC tournament, won it, didn't win it. And then went on a run in March. It's it sort of like, this is the time, like this is the time to, for those guys. And, and I think with the front court, it's more about the coaching staff. It's more about sort of like the decisions they make with the lineups. I think you need to get away a little bit from the BVP Gardner pairing. Um, and I know that Dunn and Shedrick are, you know, uh, volatile players and it's hard to really play each of them consistent minutes, but you need to find pairings and combinations in the front court that aren't just running Gardner and BVP for 30 minutes because that combo just really doesn't work anymore, especially in inside triangle when teams have figured out the spacing as, as you know, Ben got into. Um, yeah, I think the guards need to play better and then the coaching staff needs to address the offensive schemes and, and how they use guys in the front court. Yeah, makes sense. Ben, what would you like to see along those lines? I mean, I guess I don't really know what curveballs they have left to throw. Mm-hmm. I think, like, they have three games until postseason play starts. I think it was a good choice last night to just kind of let Isaac McNeely go out there and be like, all right, you're going to go nuclear and we're going to win, or you're not, and we're not. And, like, he did not go nuclear. He made those two threes, which was a cool moment, but like they just didn't have anything like they took Boston college's first punch and just weren't really able to come back from it. And in a broader sense, like I just don't really know what they do. Cause I look around the country and I see all these teams where basically the two paths to winning right now in college basketball, or are you have a team that just shoots the lights out or you have a really, really good individual player. Like, all the best teams this season seem to have at least one guy who can just go get a basket whenever you need it. And like Virginia's guy for that is Jaden Gardner. And that's what he spent five years doing. I've seen like that stat on the broadcast about how he has like 2000 points, a thousand rebounds, the only guy in college basketball with that. And he's very like a very talented player, but when you're competing against top level teams, that's not going to get it done in my opinion. Yeah. You need some and, help. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a conversation we had at the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. if Jane Gardner is still option number one, something has not happened. Like things that needed to happen didn't happen. Yeah, like Jaden Gardner can be a fine number one guy, but if he's your number one guy, it's just hard to see a team that has a chance to make a splash in the postseason. And, or you're just not playing like, hero ball if he's your number one guy. Yeah. Like he could be your number one scorer that night, but you need Franklin right there as the number mm-hmm. two scorer succeeding or whoever else it might be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when Virginia's looked best has been when they've had like that first option for success, when the ball's really bouncing around, when they're driving, kicking, whatever, exactly. getting threes up, shooting like 11 for 27 or something from beyond the arc, but guys are just letting it fly, taking shots, look confident. And I think the three point shooting when it's on also opens everything else up for them. Of course, because you can see like when other teams start guarding out on the perimeter, that's when things like Reese Beekman being a really smart back cutter starts to show up. 
right. things like Ben Vanderplas being able to make good passes from like the mid post, high post area start to show up. But like if teams don't feel threatened by you on the perimeter and they can just pack the paint, you're going to be taking a lot of shots and have heavy contests at the rim, which is what we saw last night. And like, you just can't force defenses to guard you if they don't think you can shoot. And the only yeah. way to fix that is to make shots. So if you're not making shots, there's just not much <laughs> you can do. It's sort of simple, right? Like everybody knows, you know, it, like, mm-hmm. like you said, it, 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 it it opens everything else up if you're converting. And when you're not, it's really easy to defend you. <laughs> so that's what we saw. So I know there's no magic answer other than hope the ball goes in more when they shoot it. But what's something you could see helping with that? Do you want me to go? Uh, Kane Chadwick playing minutes, mm-hmm. playing 25 minutes a game. Okay. Like, and you know, some of it's defensively, like this team is, um, I can pull up the number real quick. They're not good in, in block rate in the country right now. And like just having that on the, so they're 328th in block rate nationally. That's because Kane Shattuck doesn't play anymore or like doesn't, doesn't play consistent minutes. I think you need to, you need to put Kane Shattuck in the game. I think you need to roll with the lineup that you rolled with last season. I think you need to take that starting lineup and say, this is our best chance at winning games. We need Kane Shattuck to be able to play 25 minutes, not foul out. And you, you need to get eight to 12 points from him per game. And, and, and you need to, if you can't get the gravity um, with outside shooting, you need to get it with rim running. You need to be able to get it with guys sort of in the pick and roll, Kane Treader getting downhill, because he can finish really well. When you put the ball in his hands with a little bit of an advantage on a guy, he can finish the ball. He's a good screener. He knows what he's doing. When he sort of gets out of his own head, he can be very good. And I think that the sort of IQ that him and Reese and Kihei have in, in, in sort of that pick and roll game is really good. Maybe you throw Ben Vanderplas in with Shedrick as well, because then you can get some more floor spacing, um, you know, in, in sort of those like high ball screen looks where you have the ball in the guard's hands and you're getting Shedrick rolling to the hoop. I think that, but I, I think Kane Shedrick is the key. I, 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 and we we said this to some degree in the preseason um, that sort of like a breakout year for him would sort of change and alter this team ceiling just like it would uh, you know if Reese Speakman did that. And I think that it's it's really quick turnaround. It's three games in, in reg- the regular season and guaranteed one in the ACC tournament. But I, I think it's Caden, and I, I'm hoping that UNC and Armando Baycott make UVA do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. You know, like as a Devils advocate, I don't disagree necessarily. I'm just we saw that stagnation at the beginning of the year and then they moved away from Shedrick and had great success. Yeah. You know, so I think like that's, it's sort of like, okay, so you're going to go back to what you tried that wasn't working because. No, I I think you're right. I also think they just like that was, this has been such a bad offensive stretch that you need to do something else. Like even if that didn't work, like I, I totally agree with you like going back to sort of the the lineups and, and sort of the offense that or you know sides or, or relying on sort of like Caden in, in inside of a high ball screen offense like relying on that didn't work amazingly for you and you had to adjust away from it but this is now like that 48 points against Boston College is just really really yeah. bad and yes some <laughs> of that is missed shots is but really Boston bad. College <laughs> I tweeted this out yesterday they let Maine, who's 286th on Ken Palm, score 64 points. Carlton State scored 54. Less than the Black Number Bears. 274, New Hampshire scored 71 in overtime. Um, Stonehill, Stonehill scored 56 against them in 40 minutes. So 
yeah, possessions and it's, you know, points per possession and you know, whatever, uh, you know, pace of play, all that stuff, you know, fewer possessions for UVA. But like, it's, it's time to throw everything at this. Like sure, it's time sure. to just go. It's time to run your freaking five out offense from the 2020, 2021 season that they <laughs> haven't used in years because it didn't work even with a roster that I could hear have that Isaac work. Trout guy is a pretty good shooter. Ah, geez, man. Can you imagine if they were like, you know what? <laughs> he would be nice to have right now. He would be <laughs> really saying. nice to have right now. If he gets right. on defense. Should we take, let's take a look around uh, the ACC uh, before we get into some, some logistics and news, blog news, podcast news. But first, is the dream still alive for the one seed in Greensboro? Miami's at 14 and and four virginia oh, it's 13 dead. four no it's dead it's dead 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 dead, uh, dead miami has florida state at home they will win that barring the acc being what the acc is so maybe they lose that but they, they should win that game against florida state and then they have pitt at home all due respect to pitt very good season miami should beat pitt at home well but Pitt could win that game. Right? Pitt, okay, Pitt could win that game, but then UVA is still losing the tiebreaker to Pitt. Okay, the one yeah. seed. So right, as so such, we would need Pitt to lose to they... Syracuse at home uh-huh. or Notre Dame on the road. Yeah, that's a that's a Notre Dame win. Book it, Mike Bray's yeah. last game. The classic right. Notre Dame. Is win. it his last game at home? At home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that is his last game at home. Boom, Irish. Lock it in. Currently having <laughs> lost. Yeah. Now, this all, of course, means Virginia still has to win their three remaining yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's going to be some classic Virginia shit going into Chapel Hill and winning by 12 on Saturday. I mean, so but then that too. no one outside of UVA media or fans will really care about that. But that would be a massive result. If they did that, of because like, well, I, Carolina's I, desperate. Carolina just got nine percent from three last night. <laughs> oh, Carolina doesn't so, care. You is going to win by twelve, and it's going to be forty-eight thirty-six. The top ten Virginia <laughs> isn't isn't a good top ten Virginia. They just need W's, and yeah, so they'll be yeah. motivated. But they're also bad, <laughs> like Ben just pointed <laughs> out. So yeah, all right. We'll see. I mean, but we, you're listen, telling me that this version is this version of UVA going to beat North Carolina on the road, beat mm-hmm. a capable Clemson team at home, and beat Louisville at home? And I'm amazed that I'm including Louisville in that. Like, it's just something yeah, needs to change now. Like, it's yeah. now. Now is the time. It's well, not okay. No, no, that brings me that that's that's okay. The one okay, seed also hold... doesn't really matter. But, well, yeah. true. Well, yeah, yeah. But we're not at S- Beekman or anything like that, obviously. No. Um, I mean, I saw, I'm not trying to call out message board posters, but I saw, you know, a thread about should they rest for the tournaments? First off, <laughs> there's no one else to play. Like, it's not like, okay, Tane, go play for 40 minutes. You know, like, obviously you could play some of these guys, but you got to play Chase your Coleman, starters. Take like, over against there's, a, there's not enough guys on a basketball Tristan team. Howe. No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not dissing the second squad or anything. I'm saying that you can't just play them for an entire game. Like, that, yeah. that's not how basketball teams work. So it's, it's sort of ludicrous. And secondly, seeding in March is massively important. Every single yeah. statistic shows 
um, that, you know, your chances of making it to the second weekend are better, the better your seating is. So they need these wins. They need to play the best teams. But that being said, what is the most important result is a matter of opinion. It's unlikely that they're going to get a regular season title in conference, but it's just as likely as it was a week ago that they were going to win at Greensboro. You know, they're a contender Mm -hmm. in Greensboro. And to me, as we discussed last week and in our roundtable, even if they don't win in Greensboro, if they can not have an excruciating upset in March happen to them, you know, we're still looking at quote unquote success. Right. And so if that's the goal is make it to the second weekend and perhaps beyond in March in the national tournament, it doesn't matter as much if they get blown out against UNC and even drop one at home to Clemson. Let's say that happens. They beat Louisville. They're what the three seed or four seed. They hopefully win a game in Greensboro. And even if they, let's say they lose that, they're still going to have the seeding to win two games in the national tournament and if they do that they yeah yeah could they fall to like an eight seed though and then get a one seed? no no No? the teams below them are too bad there's no like they have strung together like i'm envisioning okay yeah they have have seven losses or eight well assuming they pick up a a loss in greensboro still but uh, you know if unless they win the title they're gonna lose a game in greensboro yeah they're still going to be a four seed, five seed at worst. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like... No, no, I get what you're saying. I, and I agree. I think, I do think that the ACC regular season matters. Like, I, I do think that that is something that even, I, I think if they could find a way to share the regular season title, which would be winning out, most likely winning out, barring an upset for Pitt or Miami, and then make it, to the sweet 16 yeah i think like i think we can all agree yeah. that especially just, right now that's a success right but yeah. but they're trending in the, the problem is they're trending in the right direction if they had yeah. lost yeah. early on and and won at the end of the season we're like oh we yeah. have momentum we're the right. third seed in the acc let's go it'll be a success if we if we you know make it to the semis in the in greensboro and then make it to the sweet 16 wouldn't we have taken that at the beginning of the year following uh last year's nit disaster of course yeah but it's sort of pie in the sky right now because all we've seen is really really poor shooting for the last couple weeks i do think that if you said unc is going to look like this in late february would be higher for you obviously you can't like you can't change that you can't go back and say that but if you told me that like Miami's a good team Miami's gonna make a run in the NCAA tournament very capable but otherwise man it's just teams that find ways to win games and they're not that good like Pitt is a capable team that's one good game I just think like it's gonna give some people some problems I think yeah I don't know why they're not getting a little bit more recognition I mean we know why but yeah I just, yeah, I, I think underestimate Pitt is my point in, in the tournament. Yeah. It would be, it, I know not, maybe not relative to preseason expectations, but relative to expectations, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago, like even like after the Louisville and Notre Dame wins, not winning a share of the ACC regular season would be a disappointment relative to that. Right. And sort of like the collapse late in the season, just because these four games to finish the year, you're telling me, okay, it's on the road against Boston college, 
absolutely in sort of like the second to last tier of ACC teams away at North Carolina, a struggling North Carolina team who you were going to have to play with Armando Baycott at some point home against a mid Clemson team. And then home against Louisville, like could they really not go three and one in that four game stretch and clinch any, a share, you know, like, like yeah, th- yeah. that's sort of what I feel like you have to look back on. Did they really go two and two or one and three in that stretch and fall apart that much again if they yeah. make it to the elite eight then who gives a crap but but still i, I do think that that's still like if you were posed that at the beginning of the year and said yeah and then they fell apart and didn't and ended up as the four seed you know and, and clemson passed them like i think that that's still like it, it's something to consider there and I, I don't think i'm making any crazy statements i don't know it's it's just so disappointing to have the season go like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like to have it, if you could flip it on its head and tell me that like we got smacked by Baylor, smacked by Illinois, smacked by Michigan. I And then we come out now and we hit a roll at the end of ACC play. And we're the team that's up and coming. We're the pit who gets to complain about not being ranked as high as we should be. It would be one thing, but it's just, it's demoralizing to like look at the AP poll, see us go from seven to six after squeaking by Louisville and squeaking by Notre Dame, uh, and just know, like deep down, that we're overrated. We are the frauds. No, exactly. <laughs> That's the worst part. Is like we're fraudulent after calling Clemson and Pitt fraudulent for like the entire season, mm-hmm. which is not something the team can control. And like they're no, not frauds no. in the sense that they're not an NCAA tournament team. Like they're still mm-hmm. a good basketball team. I yeah. still think they're top top twenty, top twenty five in the country. But they've been overrated by pulling out close wins against bad teams for a while. And we've sort of seen, like from watching this team, that they might not be as good as we think they are. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, we got time. Do you guys we think all they beat see North where Carolina? this is going and we can be wrong. I do not think they beat North Carolina. I don't either. I think they're going to win. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, in a great cleansing of this negativity, uh, yeah. we have a little bit of news, which is that, all right, I feel it's such a weird timing because of, I, I, I assume we have some Titus and Tate fans like we are. Um, <laughs> that, this is the podcast is not ending the podcast is simply changing a little bit and so uh don't be alarmed when there's a new name and a new graphic everything else should be relatively similar particularly the people involved are exactly the same and will continue to be exactly the same and most importantly uh we're 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 pretty sure (laughs) we're pretty sure that the feed is going to be the same so um don't be alarmed yes. when we have a new name next week. Uh, Zach, I know you want to give some uh, color to, to the news. Yeah. Right? So in, Vox, in, Vax, in Vax, Vox Media's um, uh, cut downs over the last month or whatever. Brian Leon streaking... finally fired me is what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vox Media has decided to quote unquote sunset the streaking Galan podcast <laughs> as corporate people <laughs> have said speaking so, of very pretty sunset in charlottesville as we that are, was gorgeous that was us, stunning it was orange and purple um, like purple so they they took us to the farm took us out back <laughs> you know did what they needed to do and we escaped and so this is the last episode of the streaking the lawn podcast 
uh, on, I believe we'll probably record on March 1st as our first episode of the <clears throat> Speaking the Lawn podcast. Uh, so it's, it's such a yes, good, it's a better there, name, frankly. There will be a new logo yeah. with a beautiful yeah. design from Pierce. The name will be different. We will be putting out probably more episodes on a yearly basis than uh-huh. we did before. There will be more, a slightly more of an ad presence, but that we're is getting because sponsored. We, we're getting sponsored. We're dropping the bag for us. And, and you so, know what? Titus and Tate doesn't exist anymore, so I'm going to steal all their phrases and not even credit them anymore because they hurt me by actually closing their podcast, which is yes. not what we're doing. We are. Yes. Also, none of us are be... going to Barstool. That yes. is very true. <laughs> Here's got taken by Barstool. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, God. No. Um, um, so everything is everything is fine. We will be back. Uh, nothing much will change except you'll hear us. I don't know. You'll hear a couple more ads. Basically, Vox Media decided to no longer pay for our subscription. Well, you're hearing ads. Platform. What you're not going to hear is the recorded ad. Yeah, like, you're going to hear like us the do red ad reads. Yeah, which is right. probably better than the ads. That and it's going to be local has. stuff. Yeah, it's going to exactly. be local Charlottesville be local. stuff that people would actually be interested in. Yeah. um it'll be fun you know it, it you know it, i don't even know what ads get put into the beginning of it like it's nothing that it was need. red hot for a little while I but think. my it point was. being like oh. we're only gonna have ads from things we actually want to support <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly it's, it's gonna yeah. be way no better spoilers, um, but no spoilers but yeah. some some great uh, companies it's just contracts. beer sponsoring beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The two, the two kids under twenty. As I'm, yeah, as I'm here with. Yeah, okay, well, I'll speak for myself. But anyway. we like, we like Sprite. Um, All right, so, right, this has gone off the rails. We've used too many metaphors. It's the last anyway, episode of the Streaking the Long yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's a party. Peace, it's a party. Peace, how do you feel? You've been doing this for like twenty years. I legitimately have no idea what year it was that I started this podcast. Um, yeah, I was going to ask. Like, I have how, no like, idea yeah because i was i was podcasting with friends before scl about uga okay. sports shout out kendall and mike and and then moved <laughs> to this and started this with with the people who had been running this blog for years and years before me yeah. they just didn't have a podcast because i don't know so uh here we are I, it, it's been a long time it's been many episodes i don't know how many episodes it's been because we sh- switched to megaphone at one point and that reset mm. the counter and i'm oh. too lazy to go back and account but well i it's hundreds it's hundreds and hundreds maybe hundreds we should do like episode one of the maybe we should like put that yeah. in the title okay episode one of the speaking that could be fun. all right good yeah. good hey look good at beginnings. us making decisions right um brainstorming live on there. eventually i will <laughs> actually get fired from this blog and podcast and then, so you say the is, word pierce this is not the end you see, don't make promises you won't keep <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone thank you for listening to the streaking the lawn podcast this is the final episode please stay tuned next week you won't have to do anything different it's going to pop up in your feed it's just going to be called the speaking the lawn podcast <laughs> Or just, or we're just going with speaking the lawn. There's no well, the podcast is in the name. Yeah, I don't think it's in the name. Yeah. Well, like it's it's streaking the lawn now, right? Well, no, but this is the streaking the lawn podcast. That's oh, oh I see what you're saying. So it's, yeah. the podcast will now be called Speaking the Lawn. So we won't. Okay, I'm good with that. No, no actual. Because there's nothing else that's speaking the, the lawn. Well, it's clearly a podcast, right? <laughs> so, <all> right. <laughs> it's implied. Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> it's not Batman the movie. It's just right. Batman. All right. There's... I am Batman. Okay. See you all next week. The Who's are going to win at Chapel Hill, folks. It's going to be all right. Zach's going to deal with the fact that his top 10 basketball team sometimes loses. All right. All right. <laughs> I did. They can't all be lacrosse. This right? was a what this was a think? worse offensive performance than the UMBC game relative There's to offensive efficiency adjusted. There is always lacrosse. Connor Schellenberger has got to be able to do with that. All right. See you next week. And until then, stay tuned to the blog, which is not changing names. The blog is still streaking the lawn. Oh, yeah. We probably should have said that. Be. Yeah. And we're still <laughs> attached to the blog in some ways, just not. In we are all people who work for the blog and we yeah. also work we'll for this podcast we'll but there's ourselves next week Let's there, there's talking. no actual crop we're not associated according we'll to go through that. they don't they don't want to confuse anyone and make it seem like we confuse sorry pierce wants to end this <laughs> pierce is done talk to you next week go his. <laughs>